my name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Members to Excellence, a podcast that explores the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. We discuss the triumphs and failures that have shaped our lives and our leadership philosophies. I've found that it isn't whether we fail that defines us, but when we do fail, how we respond. Leaders dust off the ashes and use their failures as fuel to work harder and as lessons to come back wiser and stronger, more resilient, more determined, and more committed to excellence. Today, I'm speaking with Fred Rutman, uh, also known as Repeatedly Dead Fred. He is a certified marketing specialist, intermittent faster and coach, death and brain trauma survivor. And we're going to talk about this. He, uh, he died 29 times and uh, he's currently writing his medical trauma memoir titled The Summer I Died 29 Times. Now, currently he's living in Toronto, um, marketer, consultant. Uh, he's in academia. I, um, I, I've got a lot of questions for him and I, I wanna really dig in. So uh, Fred, thank you so much for agreeing to, to come on and, and talk with me. We've been playing tag it seems, um, but I, uh, I really appreciate you being patient and, and uh, finally getting to talk with you. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So tell us a little bit about your book and, uh, and the summer that you died 29 times. Well, uh, the book is sort of the compilation of everything that happened to me between roughly 2009 when this medical adventure started. and. Uh, I guess, till 2018, um, when I had one of my last surgeries. Um, I started passing out randomly, or that's what the doctors thought initially. Um, what it turned out to be was, I have something called a severe heart block. And that means the electrical system in my heart that tells it when to beat, uh, started dying and then completely died. So what was happening is my heart was stopping and your heart stops, your blood pressure goes to zero um, and you collapse. And, you know, if you're lucky, you collapse in bed or onto something soft. Uh, I didn't collapse on something soft. I hit my head pretty much every time. So I sustain, sustain concussions and post-concussion sy syndrome and everything like that. It took them about four months to figure out that this is what was happening to me. So I was clinically dead 20 times. Sure. And uh, which means your, you know, your heart stops and you stop breathing. And combined with the head trauma, I was, uh, I was pretty messed up. Um, so they gave me a pacemaker to allegedly clear this up. And the pacemaker works great until it doesn't. <laughs> and, and I've had a, numerous pacemaker failures. And I've had to have uh, three subsequent follow up surgeries and replacements. And uh, it's, it's just been a mess. So um, it's fighting through that. Well, 
so let's uh, go back. Um, I, I want to get like a sense of who you are, your background, and and really kind of lead us through what you're most passionate about and how these experiences disrupted your life, but ultimately shaped your life into what it is now. So like, uh, where were you born and raised to, to start off someplace? <laughs> so I'm a typical Canadian. I grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, played a lot of hockey because that's the law in Canada. You have to play law. <laughs> uh, played football played college rugby and um went into sales and ultimately did an mba and went into marketing and i at the time you know 20 years ago i thought that was my passion i was going to be the world's greatest marketer and you know change companies and change the world and uh, you know i was very passionate about that and i was passionate about giving back to the community and doing a lot of volunteer work. And then uh, I moved to Toronto just before 9-11. And I think just like COVID's doing now, 9-11 changed everybody's world and uh, changed career paths and went into academia. Um, but, you know, this whole life cycle of all these surgeries and everything, it, it totally... Uh, I went on permanent disability because of it. You know, I couldn't hold a job. Uh, you know, my memory was gone. I, I've been speaking Hebrew since I was five years old. Um, it totally knocked the language out of my head. Like my wow. depth perception was gone. My balance was gone. My memory was gone. You know, much like some people are having some long haul COVID symptoms. Um, and you just don't understand it. And people didn't, there was no roadmap for coming back from something like this, because to be honest, most people have never been through something like this. Yeah. Um, and having gone through all these recoveries and then finding a tool to help me, uh, my passion has now become helping people who have maybe not gone through something similar, but have gone through their own trauma and have their own constant anxiety and health problems and promoting an attitude and a, a possible solution that can help them get back on their feet to some degree. When all of this started occurring uh, and, and they were diagnosing you with syncope, uh, syncable episodes, correct? I mean, that's what they thought it was. Was you fainting? Yeah, they thought I was having a heart attack. So, you know, doc, everybody has their own points of bias and cognitive dissonance and things like that. So they see overweight, middle-aged white guy, not eating the greatest, not exercising enough. So they think you're having a heart attack. But, you know, after the 10th time you've run the test, it shows I'm not having a heart attack. You, you should probably try moving on to something else and, and looking for something else. But but they didn't until we caught what was happening to me on, on tape. So now of course it's on digital, but back then it was on tape. So, and um, are, are you married and you've got kids or? No, I'm single. You're single. Okay. Yeah. So 
back then? I mean, did you have a significant other? Because I'm trying to like imagine how this really disrupted your life because professionally and personally, I'm sure it was pretty disruptive. Oh, for sure. Um, I haven't been back to, to work since this happened. So my, my version of work now is writing my book and doing podcasts to, to promote my book and uh, awareness of, of intermittent fasting, to be honest. That's pretty much my passion because it's been so powerful in helping me heal. Um, financially, it's been devastating. So I burned through most of my savings and uh, it's, it's been tough. Um, fortunately, I've got a great community from my religious community and um, I'm actually a pretty nice guy. So people seem to want to help me, but <laughs> you know, I, I'd come out of the hospital and people would be cooking me meals for months. You know, they'd be taking me to doctor's appointments, um, anything I needed my community stepped up and, and provided. It's, it's just been phenomenal. And there's a, I don't know if this is a Malcolm Gladwell thing or, or what the source is, but you know, your, your personality and behaviors are the, the sum of the five or seven or how many people you spend the most time with. And, and I'm very gifted that I, surrounded myself with really world quality um, people like just the nicest the most caring the most giving the smartest and it's it's just um it's like taking the best supplement in the world you know they're just feeding your system and and helping you be the best person you can be now you mentioned fasting and i i take it that that is one of the things that you've been doing to improve your health and using to overcome uh, with the, the pacemaker. I mean, is there anything other than the fasting and the pacemaker that you've been doing medications or um, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around everything that you've had to do to overcome this you know, I mean, geez, because it's not just the heart issue. You've had brain trauma. You've yes. gone without oxygen. So the, the lack of oxygen, that's one form of brain injury. And then impact injury, like, I, I just can't even imagine, like, every, everything that you've had to deal with to mm -hmm. really try and get your life back on track. Well, I'm on a bunch of medications that are mostly prophylactic now. They're, they're there to, you know, protect my kidneys, prevent my heart from having any further damage. Neurologically, there's not much they can do. But we do know that uh, doing intensive learning um, of any type, whether it's just reading or learning a new skill, like learning to draw or anything like that, playing a musical instrument, helps the brain a lot with a process called neuroplasty, which is rewiring your brain and activating new synapses and things like that. What intermittent fasting does is it accelerates a process we have in the body called autophagy. And autophagy is a system that cleans out all the gummed up proteins that get broken up in your cells. 
So at the cellular level, you can't feel it. You don't even know it's happening, but it is happening. And basically it's like Drano for your cellular system. It gets rid of all those proteins and makes your cells run more efficiently. What it also does is it gets rid of scar tissues. So any residual scar tissue that was in my brain from these impacts is getting nibbled away by this autophagy process. And there's lots of numbers in the fasting world about how it accelerates um, the, the autophagy process uh, and makes you heal faster. But you can see it at work in your body. Um, scars disappear. Like I can't tell you how many women we've talked to that have had cesareans and 30 years after they've had it, their scars disappear. Hmm. Like it, it's crazy. It just goes after any type of, of protein in the body that's not being helpful and <clears throat> excuse me and it gets rid of it um according to dr mark Matson from johns hopkins when you fast it also activates um these epigenetic or genetic subsystems in your body and it creates these neurotropic factors which also help your nervous system um and provide the building blocks for your your brain and nervous system to repair each other so intermittent fasting isn't just for weight loss it, it generally helps you repair your body first and then it gets around to the weight loss part of it so walk me through your your fasting regimen because i i know there's a lot of different kinds of fasting um what have you found to be the most effective to get your body into autophagy? Um, right now I'm doing mostly what's called an 18, six. So I fast for 18 hours a day and then I have a six hour eating window. Um, but I usually only eat one meal in that six hours. So while you have permission to eat for six hours, you know, you're not supposed to eat for six hours continuously. Um, when I started, when I first got sick, um, and this, I only started in 2018, um, I started off at 12, 12, cause we really didn't know what my body was going to respond like to all this trauma in addition. So very quickly, I went from doing a 12, 12, um, to within three months, I was doing 23 ones. Like I was fasting 23 hours and eating one meal a day, or as they call it, OMAD. Um, and now I'm just recovering from another bout of COVID. So I'm hoping to go back to some alternate day fasting, which I had done previously, which would be um, like a Sunday night, Sunday evening until Tuesday afternoon. So anywhere between 33 and 42 hour fasts and uh, and then you break the fast with a, at least two substantial meals. So your body doesn't think you're starving and, you know, knock down your metabolism again. So that's the goal. Hopefully next month I'll be back to that. You, you said that you've been trying to help people, um, well, by, by sharing your story. And really there's, there's more to uh, just having heart issues and, and brain injuries. There's more that goes along with that. Um, 
just through my experience in, in the veteran and first responder community, you know, traumatic brain injuries go hand in hand with PTSD and, and um, there's, there's a lot of issues that go along with traumatic brain injuries. And mm -hmm. it sounds like you've had quite a few. So I would say yes. that you've got some experience with, with the, um, well, emotional side of things, because it really disrupts so many different things in, in your life and in your body. So, it disrupts everything. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fortunate that I have a good therapist that I was working with long before this started. And I think everybody should have a therapist, um, somebody to bounce things off, somebody wiser than you, hopefully, or that can give you, isn't afraid to give you different perspectives and say, you know, maybe you should consider this, maybe you should consider that. Um, and, um, you know, I'm fairly religious. I'm on the Orthodox Jewish side of things. So I have a group of guys that I learn with four or five times a week, um, which helps a lot with battling through the PTSD and the faith. But to be honest, your mindset is everything. You know, it's, it's what makes you or breaks you. And if you have a positive mindset, you can you know, get through almost anything. And I know it's not the easiest thing to do because there's all these things working against you to not have a positive mindset. Um, I guess I've got a little bit of a resilience gene that I inherited from my parents who were, had, they had a pretty hard life. Um, and while they can't teach you to be resilient, they were an obvious example to me of how to battle through life and stay positive. So I guess I got that partially genetically, partially through osmosis. And um, I, I just don't see any alternative as to thinking there's gonna be a positive outcome out of this. I may not know what it is. You know, there's that old adage, man plans and God laughs. Um, <laughs> so, you know, who knows if this is supposed to be the path I'm on, but it feels right. And I seem to be positively impacting people. So I'm going to continue on it until I see signs that I should go some other route. Do you mind sharing with, with the audience, you know, this example that your parents set for you? What, what was it about their life that really, you know, showed you there's adversity and then there's you know, a decision to be made, either that adversity is overcome and you move on and you, you know, have a positive outlook on life or sometimes adversity destroys people. They, mm -hmm. the same kind of experience can, you know, help somebody become more self-aware and go, you know what, like, yes, I, I experienced this, but I made it through and now I'm here and, you know, I'm thankful that I'm in the spot that I'm in. And that experience showed me and taught me this, whereas other people will go, oh, my life is terrible. Look at what just happened to me. I don't know how I can go on. 
uh, I think you have to have outside influences uh, as a factor for sure that that are you know saying that's not the right behavior to have. This is the right behavior, and you should be moving towards that. You know, it might take you a while. Um, my dad had horrible rheumatoid arthritis um, because of seeing him in the hospital and other people in the hospital because of it. You know, his joints were fused, his hands, every joint in his body. He was in pain 24-7, like ridiculous amounts of pain. And yet uh, he was a salesperson and he tried to go to work as much as he could. So, you know, our income as a family was very disruptive. And when you're in pain, you're not in a good mood. But yet, you know, he somehow found time to sit on the board of our synagogue and to uh, help out basically anybody who ever asked for help, uh, you know, in spite of the fact that he himself was in a horrible place. My mom had uh, suffered from depression pretty much her entire life. And, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago, there were not a lot of options for people with depression. And, uh, and she just battled through it. The sicker my dad got, my mom had to go back into the workforce. And, you know, she's getting a double whammy, all the pressure from home, all the pressure from the depression, all the pressure from learning these new jobs and everything. And yet she just kept going. I mean, she was probably in her late 40s and she learned how to drive. <laughs> you know, um, so they just kept... Um, putting one foot in front of the other. And I don't think I was cognizant of what they were doing as a kid and and understanding the battles they were going through. But at some level, I I must have absorbed it and and understood it because that's what I'm doing now. And that's what I'm trying to share with other people. For the listeners, your book, do you have an expected release date? Yes. Um, the expected release date is late February or early March, 2023. Um, and it's, you know, it'll be on all the digital platforms and um, everything like that. And uh, hopefully by that time, the world will be a little more normal and I'll be able to go on an actual book signing tour, which would be uh, fun and be able to meet all these people face to face. Because as great as it is reaching out to people on on podcasts, um, it's even better when you can physically be in front of somebody and uh, and help influence them by that way. So what's what's the main message that you convey uh, through through your book? Uh, you can't imagine how bad things can get, and and yet you can come through them. Um, there's a Holocaust survivor, famous psychiatrist, Viktor Frankl, who um, after going through the camps and all those horrors, he came up with a simple uh, operating theory. If you have hope, you can conquer anything. And it's just, you know, getting yourself to believe that there's hope. It makes such a difference in your mindset and how you operate. And, um, Unlike our current supply chain, there is no shortage of hope to be had. It's, it's out there. You just have to grab it. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying it's easy to do. It's definitely not easy, but it is available. I, I actually talk about Viktor Frankl in my book. 
Um, he had quite uh, an influence on my life. Um, one of my professors in college, uh, after the death of my brother and you know, struggling with PTSD, this particular professor said that I should read A Man's Search for Meaning, that mm -hmm. I, would, I would really get a lot out of it. And so I had a lot of respect for this particular professor and uh, bought the book, read it in a weekend, and it really did change my life. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I've read it now, but I mean, it's just a phenomenal story. And that, I mean, it really is a message of hope. And um, yeah, just, I, I'd say that, uh, you know, being able to endure so much pain and hardship and push through and you know he experienced survivor's guilt and mm -hmm. just the seeing all these people that you know you would you would put on a pedestal a pedestal higher than you value them more than you value your own life and they lose theirs and you get to keep yours and mm -hmm. it's like why why them and not me and what is what is my purpose and it, it's just such a great book walking through that process and that um well it, his his process is called logotherapy and um i uh, i just really I love it when somebody that I interview mentions Viktor Frankl because it's like, yes, you know, this mm -hmm. is uh, this is somebody that that understands adversity doesn't mean failure or this is it. It's just uh, the experience that you're having right now that can lead to so many other things that are better than what we're experiencing right now um for just, sure we just have to have that hope mm -hmm. and and you never know what is going to be the right tool to to help you for you it was the book for me it's been intermittent fasting um i mean it's it's been life-changing for me i mean you know the trauma i went through obviously was was life-changing um but this is you know the the rebound i didn't expect all the positive mental health things because when it was presented to me it was more for weight loss you know i went into my cardiologist for a checkup one day and i'm sitting in the exam room and he walks in and he throws this book at me and he says buy this read this do this and uh so this is the book it's been on the new york times bestseller for a long time um and this is what started pretty much the the current groundswell of intermittent fasting and, and so for those listening that aren't watching oh, sorry <laughs> uh, on youtube what the the name the title of the book that you just showed uh is the, the obesity the obesity code by dr jason fung uh he's a nephrologist uh kidney specialist out of toronto and um 
a lot of his patients were people who had type two diabetes and were losing their kidneys and limbs and stuff because of the diabetes epidemic. And he was sick of it. And he did some research and he boiled it down to, if you can get your basal insulin levels down, um, your body can recover from, from type two diabetes, which is contrary to what most of the doctors will tell you, you know, we're going to start jabbing you with insulin. You're going to be on this for the rest of your life. And, uh, and your life's going to, you know, crater, you know, you're going to have, a, if you get to old age, it's going to be horrible for you. And uh, we know it's not true. And I know it's not true because I was, I found out I was type two diabetic when all this stuff happened to me in 2009. Uh, within six months of me starting to fast, I was no longer type two diabetic. My blood sugars were in the normal range. Wow. So I went off insulin in, in six months. It's quite phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. So it was uh, a game changer. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I know I've uh, talked with other individuals about the benefits of fasting, but, you know, to have somebody like you that has had such you know, positive life-changing results uh, from, from fasting and, and following that lifestyle is, is pretty cool. I mean, the, kudos to you. I mean, I, I don't know. I, get, I think I could probably do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> most people can, but again, it's like most types of exercise. You never know which type of exercise is going to benefit you the most. And which fasting protocol is going to benefit you the most. So some people respond better to the longer fasts. Some people get away with doing, you know, the basic 16, eight, and they find that's just a little tweak they need to, to get you back to what you need. Uh, I guess if I want to break it down, insulin, uh, intermittent fasting starts by getting your insulin lowered, but once your insulin gets lowered, most of your other hormones start to fall into line to where they're supposed to be into their normal operating ranges. And that's when you start to see the huge benefits and the reduction of inflammation and your body starting to heal and, and all that. Um, for women in particular, it starts you pumping growth hormone like when you're in a teenager. And for women, that's so important because that's what drives your bone density and when a women in particular have a problem with bone density and osteoporosis and stuff like that, and we see women just, you know, reversing conditions, reversing their osteoarthritis, it's, it's, uh, I'd say it's miraculous, but it's not, it's the way we were designed to work. Just through fasting 16 hours a day, people are able to, uh, reverse those those ailments yes it's such a laundry list um just for myself uh i was asthmatic my asthma went away i had sleep apnea it went away i had um diabetic retinopathy so you know i had bleeding and fluids in the eye and within eight months the eye surgeon said, you don't have to come see me anymore. This is entirely reversed itself. Um, 
We know of women who had PCOS, the uh, polycystic ovary syndrome that prevents them from having children, reversed, because wow. it's it's driven by insulin, uh, higher levels of insulin. Um, it, it's just an endless list. Anything from skin tags to eczema and psoriasis disappearing to reverses of rheumatoid arthritis to reverses of diabetes and all sorts of things. It's incredible. It, it does. I mean, on the surface, if you're hearing this for the first time, I, I totally understand people saying it's too good to be true. And that's what I thought, you know, because initially it was provide, presented to me as a weight loss tool, but then all these other things started happening and I ended up being a moderator in a Facebook group for intermittent fasting um, based on the work of Jen Stevens. And she ended up, uh, this Facebook group had about 335,000 members. And um, there aren't too many questions about fasting I didn't see. It was also about 96% women. Uh, I was the only male moderator in there. But everything from women's cycles being normalized to migraines disappearing to never getting a cold anymore or anything like that. Wow. So, you know, if you see that in one or two people out of a sample size, you say, okay, it, it's kind of fluky. But when you're seeing thousands of people on a regular basis report these things, it's not anecdotal anymore. It's, it's actually what's happening in the, in the real world. And, you know, we're just a small fraction of the intermittent fasting world in that group. There, there's people like Dr. Fung who have much bigger groups and they see the same things. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. I am. Um, uh, so in your book, clearly you, you talk about fasting, but there, there's more to your book than just you being an advocate for fasting. Mm -hmm. What else could readers expect if they purchase your book when it's released? They'll find the craziest story, a medical story that anybody's ever read. Even doctors don't believe the story when I tell them. I, I actually have two pacemakers in me right now running concurrently because one keeps failing and the other is a backup. Wow. And um, so at the time I was told I was one of eight people in the world that had this setup, and it wasn't planned. The initial plan of that surgery was to put in an entire new pacemaker and disconnect the old one. Um, but when they tried to install the new pacemaker, they couldn't thread the wires or the leads into my heart. So they only had one of the two leads connected and they couldn't leave me like that. Otherwise I'd be dead. So on the fly, the surgeon had to figure out what do we do now? Like we can't leave them with the failing one and we can't install the new one. So he, he hooked it up uh, so that the new pacemaker senses when the old one fails. And uh, it's not an exact science. And it probably took 18 months of, of adjustments 
um, to prevent me from having further syncopes. Uh, it would only be, you know, four or five seconds, but I could be sitting on the couch and then, you know, you're just gone. And then you're, you're waking up. Um, you know, your, your podcast is called from embers to excellence. And if you watch TV or any of the movies like Grey's Anatomy or any of those shows, you're pretty much being pumped with there's excellence in the medical system. And Unfortunately, it's like any other industry. And, you know, there's your super high performers. And there's uh, like, how the hell did you get hired kind of performers. Yeah. And at the front end of my adventures, I had a lot of the how the hell did you get hired? And why haven't you been fired yet performers? Yeah. And I don't want to bash the medical system. Uh, people are trying. I don't think there's any ill intent there but it's just like any other system. And uh, you can only hope that you get the, the better performers. You have to learn to advocate for yourself and um, hope that the doctors will listen to you, which they often don't. And they often didn't listen to me. Um, when I first got sick, I told my cousin, who's an internist, uh, what was happening to me. In five seconds, he said, you need a pacemaker. And I went to the resident on call in the ward. And I said, I just talked to my, my cousin. He's an internist. He's got 25 years experience. This is what he told me. And they said, nah, nah, can't be it. So. Jeez. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. I ran into a lot of stuff like that. People will find a lot of that stuff pretty eye-opening. Yeah. Well, for, for those listening that want to keep an eye out for your book and want to connect with you and, and I don't know, possibly um, learn more about the, I mean, are you still involved with the Facebook group uh, as a moderator, the, the fasting one? We've, we've shuttered that one and have moved to a smaller, more intimate group that Jen runs. Um, and it's, jinstevens.com uh, forward slash community um, and this one's fee based it's not a lot it's like you know five dollars a month or something if I remember correctly um, but then in that group you you get to deal with Jin more directly than you would when there was 335,000 members yeah. all the information and all the questions that were from the delay don't deny group um, those are still up and available for people to do research. So it's the Delay Don't Deny um, book support group on Facebook. Um, so Jin's written a few bestsellers. And again, I'm putting this up there. So her latest bestseller uh, is Fast Feast Repeat by Jen Stevens. And this and that's, is that's Jen with a G, G I N Stevens, S T E P H E N S. Yes, Jen like the beverage. And, uh, you know, by um, occupation, she was a teacher for a long time. So she's very good at relaying messages and boiling down things um, to, to digestible bites. That's a little internet, uh, intermittent fasting humor. Um, 
but this book differs from most of the other books because it actually tells you how to do all the different fasting protocols and how to tweak things if what you've chosen isn't working for you. Hmm. So very, very helpful. Um, and it, you know, most of what I've learned from fasting has been from her and her podcasts and, you know, just being able to have access to her. So phenomenal person, um, it turned into a business for her, but that wasn't her original intent. It was just to support, to set up a support system for herself while she was trying to figure out intermittent fasting. Wow. So that's really cool. So for those that want to connect with you and, mm -hmm. and keep, you know, their eye out for your book, what's, what's the best place for people to connect with you? Probably through my Instagram um, where I'm repeatedly dead Fred. So if you just, google that uh you'll come to it so um you know it's still relatively new i've only had it up for a couple of months so there's not a ton of content yet but there will be awesome All right and and so be on the lookout for what what's the title of your book again the summer i died 20 times 20 times or 29 times well 20 times that summer but with the subsequent failures of the pacemakers and the surgeries, it went to 29 and then it went over and above that. So. Okay. So the, the title of the book is the summer I died 20 times. Yes. All right. All right. So you guys uh, keep an eye out for Fred's book and uh, check him out on Instagram at repeatedly dead Fred um yeah. that's pretty catchy so <laughs> yeah a friend came up with that that's so. <laughs> pretty funny mm -hmm. uh so well fred thank you so much for for sharing your experience and, and your knowledge with us um i'm a, i'm actually going to do a little more digging and uh the the fasting sounds like something that um I don't know, could really benefit me. Uh, yeah. Not that I'm unhealthy, but, you know, I have high cholesterol and, you know, there's some uh, inflammation stuff that I, I, I'm just really curious. I'll try anything. And, and if it's beneficial, then well, I'll, I'll talk about it on here too. <laughs> sure. Can I, can I talk about inflammation a little bit? Yeah, we go. yeah, absolutely. So before I started fasting, every day, every joint in my body ached. And I just attributed that to, you know, coming from a lineage of my dad having rheumatoid arthritis and having been really overweight and, you know, playing a lot of contact sports. And it was just the, the natural progression. Since probably three months after I started fasting, I don't have an ache or pain in my body. It is like everything has gone away. Even after three bouts of COVID and other surgeries and everything like that, nothing, absolutely nothing. Wow. So. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I will be... Uh digging a little bit deeper because well by that i mean I, i'm gonna figure out which 
uh, form of fasting is recommended for me and my body type and, mm-hmm. and see, uh, see how it goes. So yeah. thank you. Thank you so much, Fred. You're welcome. Always check with your appropriate medical professionals yeah. uh, because when you fast, you might have to adjust certain medications if you're on um, or if you had an eating disorder or if you're pregnant or best breastfeeding, uh, fasting is not the right tool for you. All right, cool. Well, again, thank you so much, Fred. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, sharing some of your wisdom with us. My pleasure. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on your favorite podcast platform and visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. My goal is and always will be to add value to as many people as possible. So if I can be of any assistance to you or someone you know, please connect with me via email or on one of my social media accounts linked on the homepage of my website. Remember, our failures don't define us unless we let them, and the only true measure of a leader is the success of their team.